1: Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Now, this morning, if you haven't listened already, go back and have a listen. I went through uh, an article published by the Daily Telegraph the other day going through the 21 uh, hottest prospects in Supercoach for season 2021. And um, I spoke a lot about draft comps in that. And I've had a lot of people message me today saying, hey, what do you mean by a draft comp? Now, for a lot of you that are listening, you'll already know what a draft comp is. But if you don't, I'm telling you right now, you're missing out on, by far and away, the best form of super coach you could possibly play. Now, I understand a lot of people play classic. A lot of them enjoy it. I'm not a huge fan of it myself. I play it. I've got mates that are right into it. But it doesn't even come close to draft for me, and I'm not here to bag classic uh, classic, um, players. I know there's a lot of draft guys that like to bully and give shit to classic guys. There's a lot of pages on Twitter and Instagram that do that. I'm not really in that market. But I will tell you... You enjoy your footy and you've got a good group of mates you can do it with. You only need six to eight mates. You can have more if you want. I'm the main comp that I'm in. We've got 14 blokes in our draft comp, and I'm telling you, it is the highlight of the year. There is trash talk all year. There's trades going on. You're versing your mates each week at the pub. You're going head-to-head. It's just sensational. It's and, And the best thing about the whole thing is that you have the draft weekend. So we make a whole weekend out of draft day where we all go away We go down the south coast, there's 14 of us all all locked in a house. There's no wives, no girlfriends, no kids. You're all locked in there and we have draft day, which goes for two days. But on the Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock, we pick the order and we go through and you pick your players. So essentially how draft works is that you you might have 14 blokes in your comp and there's a lot of different ways to do it. I'm just going to explain to you the way that we do our comp and I think it is by far and away the most superior way to do it. You essentially go from pick one to 14. Yeah, so if you get pick number one, you've got the choice of all the players in the NRL to pick from to be in your Supercoach team. So, for example, James Tedesco in Supercoach, an absolute star. He tends to be pick number one at the moment. Uh, yeah, there are a few variables you could go. I mean, you could take a punt on like a Tom Trbojevic and Nathan Cleary a Caleb Honger. But for me, James Tedesco is probably your standout number one. Now, unlike Supercoach Classic, if you pick James Tedesco... He's in your team and your team only. No one else in your comp can have James Tedesco. Yeah, so it's a huge point of difference to have a guy like him. Then the way we do it, you go pick two, three, four, five, six. So you go all the way down to pick 14. Everyone's got the first player in their team. Each of those players can only be owned by that person. And when we get to 14, and this is where comps do it a little bit differently, what we do is we go pick 14, picks again. Then you go 13, 12, 11, 10, back down to 1. And it's just a snake like that the whole way. So, essentially, in the overall draft, pick number one, you will have pick number one, but then you'll also have pick number 28, I think it would be. Yeah, and then you wouldn't get another pick for another 24 picks. Sorry, for another 28 picks. So, if you are pick number one, it's a huge advantage. You get to choose one player that you want in your team out of the entire NRL. Normally, that will be James Tedesco in most comps. Some guys will go a little bit differently. If you're pick 14, obviously the top 13 players that people consider to be in the comp, they're gone. But you get two players that are picked 14 and 15. So there, there's advantages and disadvantages about being at either end of the scale. Personally, uh, when I've won my Supercoach Draft Comp, I tend to be around the five or six mark. Uh, but it all depends where you land. I mean, if you go pick number one and James Sedesco has a season like he did, like it's unbelievable. If you go pick number 14, 15 and for example this year you were to get like a Sean Johnson and um, someone else that was mid-range that went to a new level you know maybe like a Ryan Pappenhausen, and all of a sudden you're in the bench uh, you're in the front seat driving so it can be really difficult draft day it is the best day of the year I love it you all sit around there you have a a heap of beers sitting around Uh, you're all on your laptops picking your team everyone's reacting to everyone else's picks everyone's stressing out they're planning their next pick I've got You know, for example, I might have a guy set out that I'm going to take in my next pick, and then the guy before me, he picks that player. So all of a sudden, I've got one or two minutes to make a rush decision what I'm going to do. And it's just like normal supercoach. You go through and you fill out your team. We play 17-man squads. So you have one hooker, two front rowers, three second rowers, a halfback, a 5'8", four center wings, and then a fullback, and then you have four players on your interchange bench. And this is where in a draft comp, you know, a lot of people will pick off the... um, We'll pick off the scores based on the previous year, which in some cases can work. In other cases, it can be an absolute nightmare. So you do have to really know your footy. You have to know your squads because the other thing is too that, and this is optional, you know, you can maybe choose to do it after the first team list Tuesday, but you think about that. Team come out Tuesday. The first game kicks off Friday. You have to find a way to get all 14 of your blokes free on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday night. And, and that's if you all don't want to meet up. And if you are doing it with mates, I would highly advise you all get together for a night. You go away for a weekend. You do something fun. So we normally do it sort of at the start of March. So about 10 days or so before the first team list Tuesday, which means you really have to know your stuff. You have to make some bold predictions on who you think is going to be picked. You can take a couple of flyers. You know, you can pick guys that you think are flying under the radar and they might appear in a 17 somewhere. It, it makes it really interesting. I mean, in our comp, you think about there's 14 of us. We're all picking 17 players. There's only 16 teams in the NRL, yeah? So every weekend, there's only 30 or 40 guys that are actually on the waiver wire that aren't in teams. So it makes it really difficult. And then you got to think about, you know, of those 17 players in each team each weekend in the NRL, there's probably two or three guys that only play 30 minutes or so. So obviously, their super coach scores aren't great exciting thing about draft for me is that you have to know your footy you have to know it inside out whereas with classic I mean you can read six articles a week and know as much as the blokes that are at the top yeah there's articles written about it every week whereas draft there there is content out there don't get me wrong there's content on my page for example but the content I'm giving you is normally for my comp yeah I I talk about guys that are available there or guys that I like to have a smokey on that's a 14-man comp so you think about as I said we've got 14 teams, there's 17 players in each one. I haven't done the maths on that. But if you're only a comp with eight players in it, all of a sudden you've got, you know, you've got six teams worth of players that aren't available in my comp that aren't in yours. Yeah, so it's really... You have to really know your stuff in draft. And the the most exciting thing about it is the week-to-week waiver wire for me. And this is where you can win and lose competitions. And this is where I tend to do really well in my comp. You have a pool of probably, you know, 200 or 300 players that aren't in, in teams every week. But th- pool of 300 old players includes all the players from every team that are in their top 30 squad. Some are even deeper. So of those 300 players, there's only 40 or 50 of them that are playing that weekend. Yeah, so you've got to, you know, sometimes you can use a waiver wire spot to pick up a guy that might, you know, he might be covering an injury for the next two or three weeks. So he comes into your team and he does a job for you for the next few weeks. And the way that we do it in our comp, which I think is the fairest way to do it, is that every Wednesday when you when you put in the guys that you want to pick up off the waiver wire, the guys that are coming last in your comp, so if you're coming, for example, in our comp, if you're coming 14th, you've got first pick. If you're coming 13th, you've got second pick. If you're coming first in our comp on the ladder, you've got 14th pick for that round. Yeah, and you'd be surprised. like You can just pick up so many good players off the waiver wire if you're If you're ahead of the curb, you can just pick up some sensations. And this is where I normally gain my advantage in my comp. So there was one year where I picked up, you know, a kid that no one had heard of. And I I copped a few texts going, who's that, who's that? It it was Dylan Edwards because I thought, you know what, Matt Moylan, he's going to move to 5'8 soon. I've got a feeling that this kid will come in. I know he's going to be a sensation. Dylan Edwards came in. All of a sudden, I had a fullback that was scoring 50-55 a game. It was sensational. There was another year where I thought, oh, Angus Crichton. He's only one injury away from breaking into this South Sydney side. So I kept him on my bench. I kept him sitting there for a few weeks. And, and, and that's the beauty of it. You can waste a waiver position on taking a gamble on someone. He came in, and he was sensational for South Sydney. Haven't got him all right. There's been a few heartbreaks. It was this year I had Raymond Faitala-Marin. I had him sitting on the bench for three weeks thinking, surely Dean has to pick him soon. And I got a little bit impatient, and I dropped him. And then two weeks later, he started and he played 80 minutes for the rest of the season. That was heartbreaking. So I had to sit there and watch the bloke that had him all year with RFM. But that's the beauty. That is the absolute beauty of Supercoach Draft is that you really have to know your footy. And if you know it well enough, you can get a huge advantage. And it's the sort of game that you can take huge risks. And yes, it can burn you, but geez, it can boost you up. So like this year, I sat there in round five of draft day. Yeah, I had a pretty solid team so far. I was pretty happy with it. And in round five, I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a huge punt here. And I picked up Harry Grant. Now, you've got to remember at that time, Harry Grant was still sitting in Melbourne. This trade was just a rumor that was floating around. Yeah, there's not many hookers available in Supercoach. You think about how many guys actually play 80 minutes at hooker in the NRL. There's not many. So getting a hooker is hard. Now, you have to go pretty early because there's not many good ones. I mean, you got Smith, Cook, Reed Marnie, um, Jakey Friend, even he's got Sammy Verrills now ha- ha- having a sniff around. Like There are there are not a heap of options at Hooker. You've got Cam McInnes, who's another gun, but hooker is hard. So you've either got to go early on it or try and find someone later, which has always been sort of my policy with hooker. But this year I decided, you know what, I'm going to get this kid because I know if he goes to the Tigers, he's going to be a top 10 player. If he doesn't, I'm just going to play without a hooker this year. That was a tactic I used. Thankfully, Harry Grant moved to the Tigers. He played 80 minutes. He was an absolute sensation there was other punts that I took that definitely didn't work this year, and I'm trying to remember some of them, but, I mean, if they don't work, you drop them straight away. Yeah, they're not in your team anymore, and everyone has those. Everyone has little bits of gold that they hit. Everyone has their, ones that they're just pushing shit uphill with. I mean, I'm trying to think of a few. Like, I remember a few years ago, obviously, Roger Tulvasa-Shek, he's right up there as a pl- as a player that everyone wants. So when he did his ACL a few years ago, the bloke that had him, his season was over straight away. Uh, the you know the biggest juggernaut every year, of course, is Tom Trubojevic. When he's on the field, he's unbelievably he averages 70 or 80 points. He's just, if you've got him, you normally win. Then there are those seasons like this year, like the last few years, where he gets injured and he's not playing. And then all of a sudden, you've got Tom Trubojevic coming back later in the year and he's the biggest trade target in your entire draft comp. And all of a sudden, that bloke having Tom Trubojevic in his side, he's the most popular guy in the comp. Everyone's texting him, everyone's messaging him. Zags so, are really interesting, and I highly advise you get into draft. And then in about round 20 – oh, well, this year it was round 18 finals. Sorry, round 16 because it was a shortened season. You essentially have the top four, the bottom – sorry. So you have the top eight, and the top four of the top eight, they'll play each other week one. If you lose, you get another chance. But the bottom four of the top eight, sudden death. It works just like the NRL. You eventually end up with a champion. And our comp – you know, we have a big trophy – Uh, We have a couple of other things. We um, We have a necklace that's a fucking nightmare that the guy that comes last has to wear on draft day the next year. Big thing. Big statue on the bottom of a necklace. So there's just so much banter that comes out of it. So much fun. And the best thing about it is that no game is boring. So there's no game during the NRL season where there isn't someone to watch that's not in your team or in the other guy's team or in one of your mate's teams that's got a close Supercoach game. It's not like um, Supercoach Classic where everyone has the same players except for three or four different guys. Yeah, and I hear, I hear. you know, I have people message me all the time sending me their, their classic teams going, oh, who's going to win this matchup? And I look at it and it's, you know, it's one player versus one player because you've got the same team. And I say to them, have you tried draft? And they've gone, have they tried what? just don't know what it is and it shocks me if you love your super coach you need to get into a draft comp they are it is the best form of super coach by far and away and it's it's one of those things that the first year you play it it's a little bit confusing but once you understand it once you understand the waiver wire the free agent list and everything it is just the best by far and away and like you can do it with as small as four people obviously um it's probably not as fun with four, but I mean, you're still all going to have different teams. Yeah. So it still is entertaining. Don't get me wrong. But if you've got a, a you know, a group of, you know, 10, 12, 14, 16, even 18 mates that you can do it with, you can change the, uh, the squad sizes as well, which makes it really interesting. And you know, the other aspect that I haven't mentioned of is of course, like injured players, you've got to make a decision. Hey, if this guy's out for six weeks, am I going to keep him? Or am I going to let him go? If you let him go, someone else that's happy to be a little bit patient might pick him up. All of a sudden, in a few weeks, they've got a gun on their hands. The other thing we do is vice-captains and captains, just like normal Super coach, uh, You can have your vice-captain, uh, your vice-captain loophole. If that goes well, you can get double points there by putting in a non-play. You can have your captain who's an automatic double points There's just so many things to it that can make your weekend so entertaining. So much banter that comes out of it. So much shit talk. Um, You know, guys get emotional over it. It is sensational. I absolutely love it. And as I've said a few times, if you're a Supercoach fan, you're not playing draft, you really are missing out. You would absolutely love this format of the game. And it's something that if you don't understand it or you have any questions, send me a message because it's one of those things that because less people are playing it than Classic, I think Supercoach, they sort of put a little bit less effort into it but they don't realise what they have. I mean, you look at fantasy sport all over the world and they're all done in a draft format. I mean, you look at the English Super League, the way that, you know, all of their fantasy league, sorry, the um the soccer over there, you know, the way that it's all done, it's all draft. You look at the NFL, it's all draft, yeah? I'm not sure why, but the, the classic form of the game has really taken off in Australia. I know people enjoy it and that's fine. You know, I'm not saying don't go and play classic, but I'm just saying if you want a real really tight competition with a heap of banter and a lot more excitement in the games you need to be playing draft and i can't believe super coach aren't pushing it further but i'm telling you right now if you need to if you want to spice up you know your your friendship and you want to you want to take on your mates this is the best way to do it if you've got mates that understand footy and watch it every week this is an absolute must and look we've got 14 blokes in our comp we've got four or five guys that They might watch one or two games a week, yeah? They're constantly texting us about guys and telling me which team they play for, and they play for another team, and they don't realise who's been injured all year and all this sort of stuff. And that's, you know, that's part of reality. Not all of your mates in your comp are going to be absolute footy freaks, but these guys still win comps in my one. Yeah, they still get the job done some years. They might luck out. Like, there's one guy in my comp who doesn't watch a heap of footy, absolutely love him, but doesn't watch a heap of footy, doesn't know it inside out, but he managed to have... Bryce Cartwright in 2015 or 16 when he absolutely exploded. And he went through the whole comp off the back of the Cardi party because he was just unstoppable. Yeah, sometimes you can get really lucky and you can have guys. I mean, I think it was 2014, it was my first season. My, My first two draft picks were Jonathan Thurston and Jared Hayne. Now, they're two risky picks. Yeah, they're not overly solid scorers. They've just got a huge ceiling. And you remember 2014, they both won the Dally M, yeah. They were both just unbelievable. I, I was unstoppable that year because these guys were putting on such unbelievable scores. And there's been other guys, you know, the guy in my comp this year, he he had Caelan Ponga. He just looked unstoppable and then one quiet game from KP and his season's over. The bloke that beat me in the grand final this year had a really solid team. He had Nathan Cleary in his team, so... And the game sort of moved towards your ceiling players now, which in my opinion makes it even more exciting. I went with a bit more of a solid guy this year. I went with Payne Haas, uh, which might have been my downfall in the end. But I also had guys like Kikau and Harry Grant that had these high ceilings. So it depends how you want to build your team. And there's there's so many different ways to approach it. There's so many different uh, structures and um, game plans that you can use. And you only know if it's a success or not at the end of the season. And, you know... On top of the banter each and every week, the banter over years, giving shit to blokes that haven't won comps or haven't won as many comps as you, it is just the best. There is nothing better than it. And you have you guys that understand footy, understand Supercoach, they're geniuses at it, and they just can't lift the trophy. There'll be a few of them listening right now, and nothing gives me more pleasure than to give them shit, especially when there's other blokes in the comp, like I mentioned before, that haven't watched much footy, and they've managed to win a, a draft comp. So i have spoken for a while about draft, and I hope you understand just how exciting it is. I hope that someone listening there is going to turn to some of their mates now and go, hey, let's start a draft comp, because I'm telling you, it'll be the best thing you ever do. In NRL and Supercoach, you'll absolutely love it. It makes every game important. It's, you know, I I quite often find myself just cheering for the players I have in my Supercoach comp because I want to beat my mates that weekend. Yeah, it is just the best. You will never look back, and I guarantee if you start playing draft, you'll be looking at Supercoach Classic going, Jesus, what on earth was I doing for all those years?